With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, October 28th. Unfortunately, rain did wipe away a lot of the fun ITF matches scheduled for Tuesday, but of course, we were still treated to some spectacular ATP action throughout the day. The four headline events, the 500 in Vienna, the 250 in Nur Sultan. Of course, we've got a couple of other challengers for us to enjoy this week as well. They all deliver the goods, folks. Some really fun matches from start to finish throughout the day. Want to break down those matches here on this podcast. Of course, talk a little bit about what you guys can all expect to see Wednesday and really throughout the rest of this week, not only on tour, but from us here at Cracked Rackets. And of course, it is just going to be me steering the ship today, but I am going to drag James Foster McDonald back on the podcast tomorrow because I'm recording this Wednesday around, you know, mid-afternoon. And I know it's a really exciting day of tennis on Wednesday. Excited to talk about all of that later in the week as well. But of course, the reason we're able to provide this coverage day in, day out here at Cracked Rackets on this podcast is because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. I say it every day, but seriously, folks, if you look good, if you feel good, I guarantee you, you're going to be confident when you head out on the court. And guess what? You're going to end up playing better because of that confidence. And that's where our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar come in. Midwest Sports is going to help you get anything you need from a tennis equipment standpoint. They've got all of the best brands and they've got really great prices as well. You go to MidwestSports.com, use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off those outstanding prices. You'll get free two day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, you will get that free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15, of course, to get your nutrition where you want it to be. Turn to the only tennis-specific energy bar in the business, Aero Bar. It's got more potassium than a banana, delicious cinnamon, honey, oat, and chocolate chip flavors. You go to AeroBar.com. Use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. And again, remember, look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. All right, with that in mind, let's talk about Tuesday's action, and let's start with the 500 event in Vienna. We got to see our top two seeds in action, and they both looked great on the day. Novak Djokovic got a frisky test from Filip Krajinovic. Krajinovic did a really good job in that first set, you know, matching Djokovic stride for stride on the baseline. Matching might be too strong of a word, but I guess not being intimidated by the moment, still going for his shots, still being willing to move forward, playing aggressively, despite how great Djokovic can be when he's on the stretch. And, you know, ultimately, though, Novak Djokovic, too good in this match. Now, he struggled on his second serve and was broken twice in this match, but ultimately, he converts four of his 11 break chances. He wins the match, 7-6-6-3, indoor hard courts. We all know what to expect from Novak Djokovic, who, by the way, I think he's 38-2 right now through his first 40 matches of this 2020 season. That's nuts. I mean, it's the casualness. There was a graphic on uh, Tennis Channel earlier today on Wednesday of of Djokovic's success uh, during this portion of the year. I think it's something like 
I don't know, I think he's done this like six times this decade where he's gone like 35 and 5 or better, maybe even more, maybe 7 or 8, and it's just, it's a joke, folks. Appreciate it while it lasts because, you know, yes, he can do some maddening things off the court, but on the court, Novak Djokovic is as good as it gets in men's professional tennis and probably as good as it will get for quite a bit of time. So shout out to him. Again, another great victory. It will be fun to see him as he closes in on the record for most weeks at world number one, as he closes in on these year-end finals. Uh, Will he solidify another great year with that year-end championship? It feels like one major for Novak in 2020 was too few. You would have probably penciled in in a normal year at least two. Uh, Obviously, the U.S. Open was what it was, but yeah, I I mean... It, it, the guy is a beast. The guy is just an absolute beast. He looked the part again against Krajinovic. And, you know, for Dominic Team, he got tested against Vitaly Sachko, who, if you follow a lot of challenger action, you probably know better than if you're just watching the 250s and 500s for Vitaly Sachko. He came into this match. You know, it's not like a, he's a, got a crazy world ranking, right? It's not like he's, uh, I don't even think he's inside. Let's see, for Sachko right now, he entered uh, this week currently at number 495 in the rankings. Is the new 23-year-old at a new career high uh, in the live rankings this week. And I mean, the guy's got pop. The guy's got firepower. It's a testament to the depth right now in men's tennis that the guy who's ranked number 495 in the world can come and face the 2020 U.S. Open champion and break him uh, four different times during the match. But ultimately, you know, Satchko just didn't do enough with the serve. Team was able to neutralize that ball and, you know, get the advantage in rallies, and you just can't give Dominic Team advantages in rallies. So he advances 6-4-7-5 over Satchko. But again, that was a great performance from the 23-year-old Ukrainian. Going to be fun to see what he does moving forward. Uh, In terms of the headline match, certainly, uh, is it an upset? Maybe, maybe not. Perhaps given the circumstances of it being on an indoor hardcore, but the best tennis I saw yesterday was between Christian Guerin and Stan Wawrinka, and it's funny because I don't want to say they play the same, or you know, that their strokes are exactly the same, but there are eerie similarities between, obviously, the serve and then the forehand of these two players, and for Christian Guerin, it was the amount of, I don't want to say whip, because that's a little bit superficial, and it's not that it was just the combination of angle and pay, and really spin, you know, heaviness of stroke for his forehand. He got Wawrinka stretched to the outer thirds in this match, and you know, for Stan, the thing that stands out the most that fifty four percent serve percentage. You know, he goes forty three of fifty one, eighty four percent conversion rate on his first serve points, but he only played seven more points in this match on his first serve as he did on his second serve. Overall, he goes twenty three of forty four on those second and serve points, which is pretty good, but it's not going to get the job done when you can't break Christian Guerin. Guerin not broken throughout the entire match, served 63% of his first serves and when 74% of those points, 64% of his second serve points. And I, I think we saw this throughout the clay season, but it's great to see it translating on a hard court. When he's able to play plus one tennis, take control of a point, just with how heavy he hits his forehand, how easily he's able to find forehands on the court, he moves you around. He makes life difficult for you. He doesn't give you balls just sitting in your strike zone. I think the backhand, while it sits a little bit short sometimes. It does have a nice little spin, a nice little kick to it, and again, I think he places it very well, does a good job going down the line, a quality mover as well. This was a great performance from Christian Guerin, who the biggest question mark, it's not if is he going to be in the top 30, because given how good he is on clay, given how many events there are on the dirt throughout a given season, I think he's going to be a staple probably of the top 30 for quite a bit of time. The question is, how high is that ceiling? Is he a guy who's going to get to the top 10? 
again, if he is, he's going to have to be better on the other surfaces, on hard courts, on clay. It's where he's been least consistent in his career so far. This is a good result over a Stan Wawrinka who, again, isn't in his finest form. This isn't Stan Wawrinka of 2015, but if you leave balls in the center, and as we saw in that second set, Stan Wawrinka is going to fight and claw his way into this match. He can still play plus one tennis with the best of them. Great serving performance from Garen. He found first serves when he needed them the most. Wasn't afraid to play plus one tennis when he had deficits on the scoreboard and ultimately converts the two break chances he needs in sets one and three. Got the early break in set number three. Three. That was, you know, uh, Wawrinka takes an emotional nine, uh, 11-9 tiebreaker in the second. Garen comes right out and breaks him in that first service game of the third for Wawrinka. That's exactly what you want to see as a player uh, becomes more established on tour is are they, you know, okay, I lost the set. How do I respond to that adversity? Great response from Garen. Great victory from him. He advances now to the second round. Um, and again, that was a three-set battle. A really fun match. Another really good one just... A guy who I don't want to say has become underrated. Well, I think it is fair to say he's become underrated. Grigor Dimitrov, who, hey, don't forget, folks, that's a guy who has won a year-end championship, right? I think that was in 2018, maybe 2017. It was a guy who reached that semifinals, I want to say, at the Australian Open when he was, what, 27, 28 years old, and it was starting to think, ooh, is there going to be a second prime for Grigor Dimitrov? And I honestly have to say for the 29-year-old, I think so. I th- second prime is wrong. A prolonged prime, I suppose. You know, because he dropped out of the top 30 and had a really poor streak of form 2018-2019 and built up to that run to the U.S. Open semifinal. But I think he's found his confidence again, folks. And more importantly, you know, it's crazy. A guy who got, you know, contracted COVID earlier this summer and thankfully returned to health um, and is now back on court. But he looks fit as a fiddle again. He looks like he has really found that 2017-2018 Grigor zone of fitness where on an indoor hard court when the surfaces are just so pristine or, you know the conditions are perfect I just don't know how you hit a winner on the guy without hitting a perfect ball I mean he moves that well you know of course he tries to turn defense into offense he's going to try and assert his will and that will lead to some errors but you know he took control in his match against Karen Hatchnov he wins yesterday 7-6-6-3 in this match you know he gets broken twice but he breaks Hatchnov three times neither guy particularly great on the second serve, but for Grigor, 31 of 38 on first serve points, the the plus one tennis he's playing, he hit this one on the rise, inside in, forehand, plus one ball, that was just, you know, why he's called baby Fed is because you watched him do it, and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it looks like when Federer does that, and maybe Grigor, to say he's baby Fed, we're past that point, 29 years old, hate to say it, nickname, first of all, nicknames are stupid, anyways, 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 I'm off track here, the point being, I I apologize. Leave all of that in, Westoff. But the point being for Grigor Dimitrov, the guy is still a phenomenal tennis player when he's right, when he's healthy, when he's confident because his game is so predicated on being aggressive. And to be that aggressive, you got to be confident to be that aggressive to go for the shot that requires as much hubris as the on the rise inside in forehand plus one ball. Uh, but he's got it right now. And so that was a really nice victory for him over Karen Hatchinov. And I'm pretty sure Dimitrov would need to do some really special things down the home stretch. I think he'd have to 
win both this title and the title in Paris to even have a chance at a chance at qualifying. And, you know, hope Schwartzman would have to lose first rounds, yada, 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 for him to qualify for the year-end championships. But he's found good form here down the home stretch. It was a great result for him in Antwerp. That match versus Demon Hour, such a high level. This was a high-level match as well. Hachinov continuing to struggle a little bit, and you can see that frustration mounting in his body language on court, but really good result for Grigor Dimitrov to advance. Again, the other winners on the day, Dan Evans advances with a 6-3-4-5 retirement from Alias Bedene. We saw Hubi Hercots 3-5 over Balaz. Good for Hercots to take advantage of that qualifier draw. And then lucky loser, Lorenzo Seneca. How many times do we see this happen? A guy who found his rhythm in the qualifying match gets in because of a withdrawal into the main draw of the tournament, and he goes on to win his first round match over the Deuce, Deuce on Lajevic, 6 4 6 3. You know, again, Lorenzo Sinego, definition of your modern player, 6 4, 6 5, 6 6, big serve, fluid athlete, really good result for him over the Deuce, who. You know, he's been okay in 2020. I think when the rankings reset, whenever they may be, he will be a guy whose ranking, you know, goes towards that bottom half of the top 50 as a, or bottom half of the top 100 as opposed to, the, I guess, outside the top 50. I don't know why I had to broaden the range there. But anyways, it, it was really, it should be, and I've seen some of it already. It will be. Really fun day uh, in Vienna tomorrow. You've got Medvedev kicking off his campaign against former Wolverine Jason Jung. Tsitsipas taking on Struff. Djokovic, Chorich, Kareno Busta versus Anderson. The Sin Man versus Kasper Ruud. An all-Canada battle in Pospisil FAA. Of course, some phenomenal doubles as well. Hatchinov still alive with Andre Rublev in the quarterfinals. They're going to take on Robert Farah, Fabrice Martin. So that's a really fun match. And, you know, again, I previewed all the matches. Hopefully you've already listened to it at this point on our GSP Ace of the Day. I will say this. We have a very fun conundrum going down the home stretch to hedge or not to hedge on the underdog Kevin Anderson over Pablo Carreno Busta. That's the question I find myself pondering here as I sit and watch all of this action unfold on Wednesday. Means our aces are in a good place, right, folks? So anyways, be sure to go check that podcast out if you haven't. Play along with our friends at DraftKings. Hear those picks every morning. Uh, but with that in mind, of course, that is Wednesday's action in Vienna. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's switch gears now and talk about Nur Sultan, the ATP 250, which, again, number one seed Benoit Pair there. Uh, that's not a phrase you say fairly frequently, uh, at least of late. But, you know, he, I believe, does not kick off his campaign even today. I don't think he kicks off action until Thursday there. Uh, but we did have some really fun round of 32 matches, a couple of battles on our hands, three of the five, in fact, going three sets. You know, for Yuri Vesely, who knocked off Tennis Angren 6-4-7-6, ruined my all-ITA parlay I tried to do on Tuesday. I mean, Vesely, indoor hardcourt lefty. I know Jamie and I talked about him, I think, earlier this week, but he's just the sort of guy, it's a dangerous opponent. He knows what he wants to do on court. The game plan, while simple, it's tough to match up with the big lefty serve. Left, You know, he loves hitting that slice out wide, then the plus one lefty forehand on the ad side, on the do side. He'll fire it into your body. He'll hit the strange kicker out wide to set up the plus one ball. 
uh, when it's right, when he's executing well, Yuri Vesely, a former world junior number one, the talent's always been there. You know, it's about the consistency for him, but really good four and six win over Tennis Sangren. He just had the biggest weapon on the court. It really was that simple. You look at the stats in this match for Vesely, you know, made 65% of his first serves, won 72% of those points, 72% of his second serve points as well, saved all five break points chances he faced, got the one break he needed for Sangren, 36 of 43 on first serve points, but 13 of 28 on second serve points. That's the difference in a match that's an either or in a match that was decided, you know, 9-7 breaker for Vesely in that second set. Uh, Sandgren was right, right there, but that was a good win for Yuri Vesely. Another either or match, Igor Gerasimov, 6-3-3-6-7-6 over Lloyd Harris. That one hurt our aces on Tuesday as well. That was a battle. And it featured the sort of big serving that you would expect from a player, uh, from those two players. But a good matchup, nevertheless. The other three setters, Seppi over Karatsev, 6-3-1-6-6-3. And then Yuki Sagita, three-set win over Zamir Zumher, who's just had some tight results go against him of late. They both advance to the next round. And then finally, qualifier Emil Rusevori, the talented young, I believe, Danish player. Is he from Dane? Is he from. Is, where's is he from? Emil Rusevori. I got to look this up. He, no, he's from Finland. Finnish player. I kept saying Dane. Apologies. Hey, great shot from me. Uh, the young Finnish player uh, who has worked his way towards the top 100. Really good win for him. 2-0 and over wildcard Timothy Skatov. Now, of course, that was a match Rusevori should have won 2-0, and but he did. So credit to him, and sometimes you just get a little bit lucky when you're placed with the wildcard as a qualifier. But, you know, the action carries on today against some really fun matches. I will say, if you can't see the action in Nur Sultan, if no one sees it, did it actually happen? Because I haven't watched a second of this action live. I'm fortunate to be able to find some replays on TC+, but how do we not have this covered live? How have we not really been able to see? I would have loved to watch Mackie, Sasha Bublik this morning as I woke up. Maybe it's on and I'm just not seeing it, but point me in the right direction. Because again, if a tournament happens and no one sees it, did it actually happen? I'm sure I was going to make a joke. I'm going to leave that joke on the table. Anyways, uh, Francis Tiafo taking on Kasmanovic will be fun. Milman Verdasco rematch from Colombia. Mackie Bublik, as I mentioned, TP, Radu Elbajer, Simov versus Vesley. That's going to be a big serving battle. Kakushkin versus Delbanis as well. Bunch of fun matches slated for Nur Sultan. And of course, we will be back tomorrow to talk about all of those matches, talk about what we expect to see down the home stretch. Let's move now to the challenger level quickly. Uh, of course, We've got the two challengers, one in Spain, one in Germany, for the action in Spain, which is on the clay this week. Had some funky results. Had some matches go the distance. You know, number three seed Gianluca Maggier surviving 2-6-6-1-6-2 over talented Italian Alessandro Gianessi. We actually saw our number one seed, Federico Coria, go down to qualifier Carlos Gamino Valero of Spain. Uh, number four seed Roberto Carbeas Benia also knocked out by a qualifier Vit Capriva of the Czech Republic. 6-2. Halmi Munar barely surviving. 7-6-5, 7-6-3 over Ricardo Bonadillo. Uh, your other winners on the day, Steve Diaz over Gomez Herrera. Federico Gaia over Nicola Kuhn. Uh, Daniel Galan over Pellegrino. And then you did have, uh, oh, Carlos Taberner in three sets over Ram, Kur, uh, Ram Kumar Ramanathan. That was an absolute battle. 3-6, 7-5, 7-6. And we did have an upset on the day. Young Spaniard, Carlos Alcaraz, losing his first 
first match in three events as he is knocked out in three sets by Lorenzo Giustino, 3-6-7-5-6-4. Again, you can find replays for all of these matches on livestream.com slash ATP. And why wouldn't you? It's a perfect way to make sure you have tennis in your life from uh, sunrise to sunset. Uh, but that was the action in Spain, of course, today. Uh, some fun matches as well. Martinez versus Ben Chatri, uh, Gamino Valero versus Steve Diaz, Blas Rola going to take on Jao Dominguez, Alexandra Muller going to take on Zapata Morales. I have Muller and uh, I believe uh, Rola as two underdogs I like on the day. Actually, Rola might be a slight favorite, but I do remember, recall Muller being an underdog. I think he knocks out Zapata Morales, who's a favorite simply because of how lopsided that Robredo score was, but I think that was a misleading score. So anyways, should be a fun day in Spain. In Hamburg, your winners on the day, J.J. Wolf, straight set win for him over Bockinger. Of course, they're on hard courts here in Hamburg this week, so gotta love that for J.J. Wolf. Other winners on the day, Kamka, Katov, Sefulian, and Cedric Marcel Steb, all winners in terms of the action you've got today. Some fun ones, Milojevic versus Katov, Matrizak versus Yannick Maiden, Marchenko versus Daniel Altmaier, Oscar Ota versus Marc-Andrea Husler, who of course has been so good of late, Laxanin versus Kamka, Offner versus Martyrer, Offner versus uh, Gaston, did I say Offner versus Martyrer? I meant Daniel versus Martyrer, Offner versus Gaston, Van de Sanchulp versus Banze, uh, yeah. Should be a really fun day of challenge uh, of tennis at the challenger level. Quickly, though, one other thing I want to discuss before we wrap today's podcast. We are starting to learn what the field is going to look like in Paris for the ATP Masters event there, of course, for some of these players, as there is still a year-end finals to be qualified for. There is a chance uh, that, you know, how they do their sit will significantly impact who that seventh and eighth players are. Uh, in terms of the wild cards into the event, Benjamin Bonzi, Hugo Gaston, Pierre-Uze Herbert, and Corentin Moutet all getting main draw wild cards. Cornet Chauvinck, Hugo Grenier, Alexandra Muller, Arthur Rinderneck all getting qualifying wild cards. But it's crazy to see who has already pulled out of this event. And of course, we learned Rafael Nadal plans on playing this event. Is it a coincidence that after we learned that, that Djokovic and Opelka, but more importantly, Novak Djokovic, pulls out of the event? Yes, I do think it is a coincidence, but maybe not. Uh, but Djokovic out of the event, Riley Opelka out of the event so far, Guido Pea, Fabio Fonini also out of the event, and then a couple of others, Gael Monfils, Denis Shapovalov, Kei Nishikori, and Kyle Edmund, all pulling out of the event right now. The next in is Feliciano Lopez, uh, Badene, Thompson, Nishioka, and Simone, the beneficiaries of those most recent withdrawals. Uh, so that's where we're at in Paris, and of course, you look at the stretch four. For those curious, what does the race right now to the year-end finals look like? We do have six spots already uh, secured. Those spots belong to Team Nadal, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, and Zverev. I know Medvedev seems like the odd inclusion for him. Some of that is uh, his points that are protected from last season. The guys on the bubble right now, uh, obviously Andre Rublev is in a strong pole position right now for seventh. He's got a couple, like 100 and change point lead on Mateo, uh, on Diego Schwartzman and then a big lead on Matteo Berrettini. Uh, you know, that lead, I believe about 550 points between the two of them. 
So really, it comes down to that eighth spot. And right now, Schwartzman's got about a 400-point lead on Matteo Berrettini. Shapovalov obviously out now that he is not going to be playing in Paris. But, you know, guys like RBA, David Goffin, PCB, I guess Milos Raonic, and maybe Karen Hatchinov, Stan Wawrinka, Grigor Dimitrov, as I mentioned, FAA, Christian Guerin. Those are the guys who still have a chance if they win Paris, do something crazy. But it probably is going to end up being... If I had to guess, Rublev and Schwartzman as spots 7 and 8, barring something spectacular happening. Uh, Of course, if you're wondering, how did we get to this point? What has been going on in the professional tennis world? You need to catch up on any of the action. Be sure to head over to our website, crackrackets.com, where we are covering everything across our multiple platforms, whether it be our podcast, this podcast, the Great Shot podcast, Cracked Interviews, and Inside Out podcast, which you can, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review, share with your friends, and listen to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be our YouTube channel where this week we're breaking down Rafa's 20 major title victories, ranking the performances in those finals from 20th to 1st, or, you know, whether it be our articles, uh, you want to read that in article form, we've got some really fun announcements on the horizon. You can find all of our content on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at CrackedRackets, you want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Flicker and Daniel Westoff for the of an ending job they do day in day out shout out of course as well to our friends at midwest sports and DraftKings. go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 go to draftkings.com or draftkings excuse me go to aerobar.com use our promo code cracked 15 if you want to go to draftkings and go to dkng.co slash cracked open i'm not going to stop you from doing that either but of course a shout out to midwest sports and aerobar for helping us look good and feel good so we here at cracked rackets can podcast good but with that in mind for my wonderful super producers max flinger and daniel westoff our friends at midwest sports and aerobar and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say folks hey that is what we say on another podcast but you know what we say here we say that's the break and we will see you all tomorrow thanks everyone we'll be right back.